Welcome to Man the Helm Podcast. Today, we are going to sit down with Rachel McCamey, a singer-songwriter from right here by me in Clarksville, Tennessee, as well as Nashville. So let's get to it. All right, welcome back to Man the Helm Podcast. Today I have a guest, Rachel McCamey. Rachel, how are we doing? Oh, I'm doing really good, Jake. Real good. Well, I appreciate you coming on. You're actually the first guest that I've had on here. Oh, that's and awesome. So I first met you, I believe, when you opened up for um, a band that I was playing in. I'm pretty sure. I don't think we met before that. I think so, actually. Yeah, because I saw you playing lead guitar in lights mm. out right yeah um so i'm kind of a little bit ignorant though because that's like the first time i saw you i saw you playing around town but i didn't really get to see you play so to start this off like let's just i want to know your backstory let's get into how you got into this crazy world of singer songwriter musicianship stuff well i'll be real with you my journey i think is different from a lot of people in the sense that the singer-songwriter world and the acoustic guitar kind of world was actually more forced on me than it was organic. I remember I was 11, 12 years old, something like that, and it was about to be my birthday, and they said, what do you want for your birthday? I said, bass lessons. I want to play the bass guitar. And so they said, guess who's getting guitar lessons? Um, And then that's how I started playing guitar but I get it, and I understand why they did it, because they wanted me to be able to play solo gigs on my own. It was either acoustic guitar or piano, and my father had expressed that to me before. Um, it's been really nice. My journey has been really nice because everybody has supported me in my journey because I grew up in a world of music. My dad is a professional drummer. My mom is... A, she originally moved to Nashville to pursue country music, and that's how I was born in Nashville. So it's just the music family all the way around gives you a lot of support. Um, and I'm trying to think. Oh, Is that awesome. kind of what you were looking for? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so you were you got your acoustic guitar. Uh, you wanted bass lessons, which I will say you are a phenomenal bass player. The occasional times that we've gotten to play together and you were playing bass. Um, but so you started, um, playing acoustic guitar. When did you like start to really have a passion for songwriting? I know you said it was kind of forced on you, but, but when I've seen you play and perform and some of the songs that you've written, it doesn't feel forced. It feels like you're, you really kind of came into your own with that, at least from my perspective. Okay. Well, I should probably specify that because it makes it seem like my parents are just horrible people. That's not what I mean at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, yeah. What I mean is, is, is they guided me into the professional musician world. And that part was them guiding me as far as, as far as learning cover songs, learning like a, a three hour minimum set, giving me acoustic guitar lessons. That was them making sure that I always had a job playing music. And for that, I'm forever grateful. Um, the oh, part okay. that definitely wasn't forced was the singer-songwriter world. That I definitely came up with on my own. And um, I started writing songs. Well, hell, I started in elementary school, but those don't really count, you know, if they're just on a piece of paper and you're just singing a cappella. 
Um, I would say the first time I accompanied myself on guitar and sang original songs professionally, like out somewhere, would be like eighth grade. Okay. Eighth so grade into so high eighth school. grade, you really you really kind of started. Um, where were you? Where were you getting like inspiration for writing at that point? Because I know I've seen some um, younger players. It seems kind of hard to have an inspiration to have you know a topic. You know what I mean? I don't mean any disrespect. It's just you know it's like at that point in your life, you don't have a whole lot of like life lessons. You know what I mean? You might have some adversity, but you know, it, it, it hasn't progressed to that point yet. I definitely what were you writing at that point. Yes, I definitely agree. Um, I won't get to get into a whole lot of detail about it just cause I, I keep some of that family stuff private, but let's just say there was a family member of mine, um, that had done me dirty in the past. And so when I would write, breakup songs or a song about, you know, love or a man doing me dirty or cheating on me or whatever it was, I would channel the energy that I had about that specific family member into my songs. So they felt more genuine, even if I had never been in a relationship, literally per se, where I had been cheated on or been disrespected or anything like that. So, okay. and it, and it definitely, honestly, it helped me a lot because bad times help you write good songs. A hundred percent. I can, I a hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> so nowadays, I know you were playing with the band a little bit. Do you want to touch on that? The variables? Oh yeah, or, absolutely. Um, when did you guys start playing with the variable or when did you kind of form that band? Well, we started and we were in it for about a year and a half. Basically, the story was that the guitar player was in a previous band and there was some, you know how it is, just just stupid, petty drama, right, that yep. got him basically excluded from the band. And it was just, boys will be boys, I guess. They were young boys. And so they kicked him out of this band for pretty pretty much no apparent reason other than thinking they would have more connections with a different guitar player, more musical um, what do you call it? More musical accolades through this other person. So then he comes to me and he just says, this band was everything that I ever wanted. And I need, I need a band. And I thought, well, I've always wanted to be in a band. I I've always wanted to play bass. Never got the chance to just cause I've always done solo stuff. And that's how we formed a band. And funny enough, the drummer that we had in our band actually came from, um, that same, um, band had rejected him as a drummer. They were like, nah, he's too jazz. We want more of a hard rock metal style. He's too jazz, but we embraced his jazz drumming. Darius Dawson is the drummer's name. And I, he's one of the better drummers I've ever played with. He's just amazing. And what we really embraced about our band was that we came from different musical genre likes and backgrounds. So you have this solo acoustic singer songwriter that's into pop and 70s rock. And then you have this punk rocker on the electric guitar and you got a jazz drummer and you have the variables. That was the whole reason we came up with that name was because we were different things and different musical elements to create kind of a a genre mix that was the ultimate goal and it was really fun it was the I loved being in that band it was a great excuse for me to play learn how to play the bass and 
And playing bass and singing lead is one of the better experiences I've ever gotten in that year and a half. So, yeah, um, I I always kind of wondered about that name, but that makes perfect sense now. Um, I <laughs> was watching through a few old videos, um, a few of them at the Revel House when you guys played, and that was one of the first. Thing. I never, unfortunately, I never got to see you guys play live when you were in that band. Um, but that was one of the things I noticed right off the bat that drummer was phenomenal. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't put my finger on it, but now the jazz background comes like that. That makes so much sense now. Yes. You know, he, it, it was, I'm really kind of kicking myself for not getting out and seeing you guys when you were in that band. Cause I, I bet it was an awesome time. So what are you up to here recently? When did you get out of the variables and what have you been up to ever since? Well, I, we ended up disbanding in August and I won't get into any of the details about that, of course, but you know how it is, you know, you got to move on and do different things. The guitar player ended up moving to Ohio, this, this, that, and the third. So we ended up doing that and I've lost my question. Oh my goodness. What was the question? I'm sorry. Oh, you're fine. You're fine. So, um, what, what did you, uh, so you stopped in August of 2021? Yes. So actually yeah, pretty, okay. yeah, pretty recently here. And I've been doing solo stuff ever since. Um, I've been wanting to get into a lot more band projects lately. I just haven't had the time. Most of my energy, to be completely honest with you, has been music education because I am actually completing my bachelor's degree in choral education. I hope to teach high school one day in the public sector. So I have been finishing up my degree and a lot of it has been, I did a formal classical recital, if you will, in the fall that I spent a lot of my energies on. And in the spring, I've been spending a lot of my energy student teaching. I was in high school in January through March, and now I'm with some elementary schoolers right now. And it's a good thing they're cute because they're all stinkers. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they're little stinkers. As far as music performance goes, I perform at least twice a week which is really nice. And a lot of them are in the local Clarksville area. Some of my favorite places to play, Beach Haven Winery, Kings Bluff Brewery. Um, there was another recent brewery that just got back to me, places like Rebel House. And I, and I love all those places. I'm thankful that Clarksville took me under their wing, for sure. Oh, and Mickey's, oh, Mickey's yeah. Downtown, that's another one. Mm-hmm. Yes, they took me under their wing, for sure. Absolutely. So... I want to kind of get back to the music education part to it. Um, I'm just curious, how important do you think that is as like having a basis, not only in the performance aspect, which you're pretty awesome at, but the formal education aspect of it as well, as far as being a singer, songwriter, or just a musician in general, like how important do you think that is for people to maybe not have like a full on degree, but at least a basic understanding of that sort of thing. Um, I might not understand. I might not be following your question. Are you saying how important is it for somebody that performs to be in the education field or? Oh, no, no, no. Just, just having, um, so I'm assuming that I'm, I'm kind of trying to take your degree and kind of narrow it down a little bit to a specific thing of understanding the aspects of music as a musician. So I, maybe the nerdy stuff like the theory and, um, the composition part, because I know you're, oh, you're going to learn how to teach, I see. But, but being a performance, but being a performer, how important is it 
or just a musician in general. I see. How important is it to be classically trained as a musician? Exactly. Okay. I okay, I'm I'm following now. Yes, I understand. Um this might be an unpopular opinion from the education world. I might I might I like get some unpopular opinions. I might get some uh, side eyes and head turns and things like that. But the reason why I am classically trained is because I wanted to be a choral director one day and I wanted to be an educator one day. That is my reason to be classically trained. If my only goal was performance, I would have never gone to college. I think in the performance world, I can actually give you a perfect example of this because my guitar teacher was one of the better guitar players I had ever seen. He had a master's degree in guitar performance and he could read anything you put in front of him and just play the shit out of it. I don't know if you're using expletives in your your podcast. Um, Yes, he was absolutely amazing. But there were certain areas like stage presence or um, posture or networking or improvisation where he seemed to fall short. And a lot of times he was not hired for music performance. And I think the biggest reason for that is because just like I said, in music performance, there's things that are a lot more important. I think um, you might be able to read charts, but you don't necessarily have to read sheet music. I think it's much more important to improvise things on the fly and not a lot of classically trained musicians know how to improvise. They look at the sheet music and they just go by that. I think it's so important in the music world to learn how to do both, improvise and compose. So I guess to shorten the answer, I would say I don't think it's that important for my music performance world to be classically trained. For my songwriting world and and composing, I think it was important because I've been able to come up with cool harmonies using music theory or go into the studio and understand what it is that I'm composing. That has helped me a lot. And, and obviously in the education world for sure, but in performance, being able to the song selections, everything, as long as you sing the songs that people like and it's catchy and they can, and they can clap on two and four to it and dance. That's all you need. Yeah. I'd a hundred percent agree. Um, I've always tried to have like, I've never tried to be really awesome at one thing. I've tried to be really, really good at a lot of things. And that's, that's what I'm, that's what I was kind of curious about your take about, you know, the classically trained part and the live performance part, because it seems like everybody, at least that I've met, they're really, really good at one thing in particular. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But then all of a sudden, like, I've seen it time and time again when I played with phenomenal players where they, they get on a stage and next thing you know, they're all stiff and they don't know what to do. And it's just like, oh, I don't know what to do with my hands now, even though they're phenomenal musicians. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. So, yeah, I really I, I that's an that's an awesome answer, because, I mean, it's not your like you said, it's not your goal. You know, that's not why you went to school. I've, I've met a few people that that's why they went to school and then they suffer in the live performance aspect of it. You know Absolutely. I mean? And caveating to your other thing, too, of of having to stick yourself into one genre. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that musicians make. Are you a rock singer? Are you a country singer? Are you a pop singer? I'm a singer. And I think the most important thing in order to network with the right people, in order to get more gigs, too, because if you only sing 
one genre of music, you are only going to appeal to one form of audience. I think one of the things as a musician, as from my musical performance world that I'm most proud of is the fact that I take song selections from multiple different decades, multiple different genres, so that at least, so that I'm pleasing everyone in the audience at least once. And I think that's something that, that if I had to say what stands me out from everyone else, I would say that's it. If I can go from Queen to Destiny's Child to Blake Shelton to the Beatles, I just, I'm very proud of that. Yeah, the few times that I've gotten the opportunity to come see you guys play live um, with your solo stuff playing, um, it's always throws me for a loop because, you know, it's like it goes from, and it's not a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing at all, but it just it just goes from this, I don't know, like you said, a, a, a 70s pop band all the way up to a top 40 hit. And I'm just like, whoa, where did that come from? And it's awesome. I really appreciate it every time I see artists doing that and performers doing that. It shows such... Um, an unbelievable amount of skill to do that too. Cause Thank like you. you said, people like to, you know, keep, keep their genres so specific. That that's all they do. And they just kind of, they kind of start to limit themselves when they do that. You know what I mean? Especially as, especially if you're a musician, because then you're just learning one set of little tricks and tips that you can do on that instrument. You're not, you know, that, and you know, just as well as I do that music is such a, it's so broad and you could find anything anything that you could try to play. Um, so with the gigs that you're doing now, you're mostly doing cover stuff, correct? Mostly. Yes. And I actually, um, refrain from doing originals cause I get scared that they're going to be turned off by a song that they don't know. But every time one of my friends or family or close people in my life say do an original, everybody ends up loving it in the end. So it's just my own brain. Um, stopping myself a lot of the times. <laughs> I should play more covers is what I mean. <laughs> or more originals. Yeah, I got you. Well, <laughs> I, I, I get it because, you know, in, in that sort of environment, the places that you are playing right now, the people are there to, you know, have dinner, maybe have a drink. And they, like you said, they want to hear a song they know. They want to hear a song that they can clap on the two and four to <laughs> and, and just have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I 100% understand what you mean by when, you know, you're playing that original and you're just like, well, we're going to see how this one rolls. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's always kind of a, uh, your, your heart almost drops to the bottom of your stomach right when you start playing that first chord. Because you're just like, I don't know what these people are going to think about this. Half but the time it, I don't even tell them it's an original. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but have you been writing a lot lately? Or are you just kind of sticking to uh, school and doing the occasional cover gig performance a couple times a week? Well, unfortunately, something had to give with regards to writing because I've been pursuing a lot of my education passions right now. So something that had to give was writing. However, some of the few songs that I have written, I've collaborated um, with Nemo, and I believe Mm -hmm. you met him, and Nemo Peterson, that's his name. And he... He's just an amazing guitar player, and so when you collaborate with people in songwriting, they will give you ideas that you would have never even thought of. And so it's a beautiful experience to get to collaborate with Nemo. Um, I enjoy that very much. The few songs that we've written, I'm very excited for. And of course, um, I wanted to 
record my third album this summer, but COVID just wrecks everything. I'm telling you right now, uh-huh. I was supposed to do my third album two years ago, and um, COVID's wrecking it. But I'm hoping next summer, I'm going to cross my fingers, I really think that I have enough songs to do a third album next summer, and I'm going to be very excited for that. Well, that's good, too. Always having a timeline like that, um, you can start to really refine those songs that you have written. And, you know, maybe they don't grow on you like you want them to. And that's a long time between now and then. You know, you could come up with probably two or three more songs worth of album, you know, or album. Yeah, can't talk right now. That's all right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, You could come up with a whole lot of stuff in that almost a year time frame. Absolutely. You never know what's going to happen. So that's always cool to have a, a time frame like that. So when are you going to be done with school? I graduate in May. Oh, wow. Excited? Scared. <laughs> yeah. Very excited. Very excited. Basically, um, I have this... Eh, I'll, I'll skip over the boring details, but basically I have this portfolio assessment that's like the big summative thing that's due called the EdTPA, and my grades come in in a few days, so I'm knocking on wood for that. Basically, I need that to pass, and I need... And I have recital tends to pass and I'm done and, and I have my degree and it's so exhilarating that it's almost here. And then I'll oh, be I able with my degree, I will then be able to take my music performance and focus on that because if I'm able to go substitute teach for a while, if I haven't figured out my place yet, I can focus a lot of my energies on music performance, especially this summer. I'm excited mm-hmm. to get into that this summer. Writing, collaborating, playing more. Absolutely. Well, that's what I was just about to ask, you know, with the future plans after you get your degree. Um, I mean, I, I feel like even if you do get a job, you know, teaching, you'll, you'll, you will have so much more time, at least from my perspective, to actually, you know, play out a little more, especially during the summertime. Yes. So that is, that is awesome. I really can't wait to hear some of your stuff. Every time I hear new stuff from you, it's awesome. Thank you. It's, I appreciate that yeah. a lot. Did you ever get into, I, I'm not sure how much you listen to, but did you ever listen to the first two albums that I, I have them. I have them on Spotify. Oh, by the way, link will be in the show notes. So if we want to check out Rachel on Spotify, I'll have it on there. Um, so I don't, I don't know which is which. I know I, are you got, you're on YouTube with that as well, right? Um, for both of those albums, yes, they're both on YouTube. They have, they're on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, basically all the streaming platforms. Okay. Well, that's the problem I had with Spotify because, yes, I was listening to it, but it skips around so much between not only your catalog, but anybody that sounds kind of similar to you. Yeah. So it's like I would be listening to a song and I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. And next thing you know, it switch to something else and I'm looking at my phone I'm like well this isn't Rachel anymore I need to find something else so YouTube awesome yes YouTube is where it's all at if you look at Rachel McKamey and you click on my YouTube page and it's Rachel McKamey music that'll be the best way to look everything up it has under playlists it'll have both my albums split ends and dress to the ninths and it'll have everything on there okay awesome everybody else should do that as well that's going to listen to this because Rachel is absolutely phenomenal Um, so I'm going to wrap this up. Um, where else can we find you besides we already kind of talked about YouTube, but let's kind of summarize everything. Where else can we find you at as far as social media goes? Well, 
Everything is under Rachel McCamey Music, and that's spelled R-A-C-H-E-L, and then my last name McCamey spelled M-C-C-A-M-Y. And that'll get you basically everywhere because I'm lucky that my last name's not anything super normal like Johnson or Smith. Right. So it usually pops, right. one of the first things that pops up, it's awesome. Yes, my website is rachelmccamey.com, and if you search Rachel McCamey Music, my best places to look for any short clips of me singing are Facebook and Instagram. Instagram has a lot of my looper covers that I'll do. Sometimes I'll do acapella covers with my looper, and I have a lot of those on there. And YouTube has a lot of my fuller covers. And, of course, my original music, like I said, is on Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube, Amazon Music, and all of that good stuff. I thought I thought you would laugh at that as a guitar player. My my second album's pun there. Cause, Why do you say that? Um, well, it's called "Dress to the Nights." Mm-hmm. And the oh, I- I'm sorry. Yeah, way over my head. I got it. <laughs> I got it. We're good now. Nice. <laughs> I figured. Well, there were a lot of nine chords in the album, so I figured mm-hmm. figured it'd be funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, now I'm gonna laugh about it even more when I listen to it later. Oh, I'm glad. So I'm going to link all of that stuff in the show notes. So if you guys want to check out anything from Rachel, all of that will be linked down below. Um, anything you want to close with? Any shout outs you want to give? Anybody you want to thank? Well, sure. <laughs> um, I want to thank uh, my high school choir teacher, John Hilton. And I want to thank my mentor teachers, Michael Johnson and Christina Arturi, for helping me in the education world. For the performance world, um, I want to thank my mom and dad. Because they helped me through everything. My mom was very much a saleswoman and helped me with the stage presence stuff. And my dad was very into music theory and helped me with the classical side of it. Um, I would be nowhere without the resources that were given to me. My lessons, my education. Uh, I would be nowhere without that. And I want to thank them both. So, there you go. Awesome. Well, uh, for Rachel, this is Jake, and we will see you guys next week on Man the Helm Podcast. Take it easy. Sweet. Bye, y'all.